Welcome to another episode of the Just Get Started podcast. I'm your host, Brian Andreco, and thanks again for being a part of this journey where we talk with people who are trying to live their most fulfilling life, which often tends to be on a much different path than it started out on. Whether it was changing careers, getting laid off from a job which sparked their entrepreneurial journey, or breaking through the noise to answer their calling. All of these types of situations and more, but they wouldn't have gotten to where they're at today if they didn't get started. We talk about the why and the how of these getting started moments and the lessons learned along the way. I'm grateful to have you listening in along on this episode, so let's get it started. Hey everyone, and please welcome in my guest for this week, Heath Armstrong. He is an author, the co-founder of Rage Cree, and an e-commerce maniac. He is the creator of Sweet Ass Affirmations, Motivation for Your Creative Maniac Mind, several Sweet Ass Journals, and the host of the Never Stop Peaking podcast. After waking up face down, pants down in his garage during a rock bottom breakdown, he started adopting the strategies of 100 plus creative entrepreneurs that he interviewed around the world with the help of a few magical strangers. In 2016, Heath retired his traditional career in concrete construction, sold all of his belongings, and scaled his bootstrapped e-commerce startup to hit multiple six-figure months while wearing mostly undies. Since then, he has worked location-independent from over 20 countries, summited the world's largest freestanding volcano, survived rafting the Nile River, witnessed exorcisms in Indonesia, and fallen in love with the culture and experience of East Africa digital education for children. He is also the co-founder of FBAleadlist.com, SellerSpaceship.com, and a founding partner of Relief Outings, a nature experience company based in Tennessee. And you could read more about him and his current projects at HeathArmstrong.com. And I had quite a fun conversation. I The hour evaporated that we had um, it was really fun. Um, I really liked getting to know Heath and learning more about his unique journey and all the positivity he's trying to put back in the world. So I think you all will really uh, enjoy this conversation and the ga- engagement he had, a lot of thoroughness with his answers and thoughtfulness behind them. Um, so I really appreciate Heath for coming on and, and sharing his story. And without further ado, let's jump into the conversation with Heath Armstrong. Awesome, man. Well, I'm, I'm excited to chat with you for a little bit here. You still got about 30-ish minutes, something like that? Yeah, man, for sure. I'm, I, it's cool to talk to you because I've, I've taken some good things away from, particularly, I like your little monologues that you do. And uh, you. <laughs> you were, there was one, I don't know, it wasn't that long ago, but it, it wasn't like crazy long ago. You were talking about, I was, it was synchronistic because I was thinking about, the, remember that old video game, Paperboy? like yeah it th- was that was Nintendo that a Nintendo NES. Game? Yeah, yeah yeah and then you start i was thinking about that for the first time ever and then i listening to that at one of your solo episodes and you started talking about how you had a paper route yeah and i had one of those also when i was a kid and i remember like just it was in ohio it was freezing like um and then like the visualization technique to think about as a child that you were doing that to make yourself warm actually blew my mind. Cause I never even like would have gotten to that point of development back then, but like the whole I'm on a beach thing. And like, if I climb mountains or stuff now, I very much use techniques like that, but it was, well, you know, cool. it's interesting. I don't, and I don't really, I'm trying to remember back from that episode, but I don't, I don't think it was some epiphany. I think it's just something I did. Like, I didn't think it was yeah. anything like, you know, I, I, I wasn't thinking that deep back then. I wasn't. Well, kids um, don't 
right? Like yeah. as children, I feel like we are pretty dialed in and then the world sort of like piles layers on us and we, yeah. un- we, we start to learn the incorrect way to do things as opposed to the correct. But uh, yeah, I don't know. It's pretty cool. Well, you know, it's interesting. I have a, um, I have an eight-year-old. I don't know if you have any kids or not, but um, the- Not yet. Not yet. Uh, but it's interesting because I really have to temper myself because I want to, you know, give him all this insight. I want to help him out. I want to do whatever. But then part of it is like, man, that discovery process and figuring out yourself is also yeah. part of it. You can't just give him all the answers because I don't want him to be me. I want him right. to be him. So yeah. it's such a it's such a interesting. And then it's like, I don't want him to do stuff wrong that I did as a kid or, you know, maybe whatever. So I'm like, it, it's such a tussle back and forth. You kind of have to let them do their their own path huh yeah, yeah i uh well you did it you, you did a children's book right recently and it's coming how out did right that here. look at this it's coming out next week that's so man you know i make affirmation decks and i've been looking at like the possibility of doing some for children yeah yeah and i got this is the new one that i'm it's the sequel to that but I'm oh nice gonna go on kickstarter soon but the children, like my sister has always talked about writing children's books and stuff. And I've met a few people that have done it and had like a lot of success. Um, one guy, his name was, he just happened to be the guy who owned shark.com from like 10 years ago. And he was writing all these children books. And I met him in like 2014 and it was fascinating, but I saw that you were doing that. And I was wondering how that had to have been like a pretty cool creative process. If you have a child and you're sort of going through that, um, have you done publications before? Well, so, and that's the interesting, and, and one of the reasons actually I wanted to talk with you, because I, I think, you know, although we probably have absolutely minimal in common of how our journeys got to where we are, there's yeah. so many points that are probably similar in terms of the um, the overarching themes. And so like this book, Luke's First Round of Golf, I wrote it in let's say the middle of 2012 when my son was born, because, you know, oh, wow. I used to be, I used to be a PJ professional and I used to teach golf for a living and still play golf this day and help some folks. But like, I, you know, I, I was running a teaching business and I love playing golf. I, I didn't start until I was 11. Um, but I love playing golf growing up and everything. And I was like, man, it'd be so cool. Once my son's born to be able to get him on the course when he's old enough and, and, and yeah. play and stuff. So I had this idea and it's kind of these weird things that are like how serendipity works with your ideas. I'm a big um, hip hop fan. You know, I grew up listening to nice. DMX and Tupac and Eminem nice. and, you know, Nas and all that. Yeah. So I love the rhyming, you know, and I grew up watching, you know, reading Dr. Seuss and all that. So I love the rhyming stuff. And I was like, Hey, let me jot down. I had something in my head, like one line kind of clicked in my head back then. And I started wrote it down and I'm like, Oh, this now I have a stanza. Okay. So I started writing some of this, but you know, what's interesting is back then I was just working a full-time job, software sales was, I was transitioning out of the golf industry. So it was kind of these things I was like, I didn't believe in myself at all. So I put the book away. I didn't have a good support system around me. I put the book away until 2018 yeah. or 20 or 2019 basically two years ago and so i picked it back up and i finished writing it and it was supposed to launch last year i had an issue with my prior illustrator that just put it pushed it back a year but anyways here we are so it's so funny how the journey (laughs) happens but that was one of my big things i was like i have to get this off my list i have to if i'm going to talk about my, my whole mission around getting started and helping folks kind of move from where they were to where they you know could be 
I said, I have to do this then. Cause I, cause yeah. I wouldn't, I'd be kind of living a lie almost is like, this is something that I need to get done for me and yeah. whatever, all the fear and anxiety and all stuff, I got to put it out. So that's, that's ultimately why I was like, screw it. Let's just finish this up. Um, Resistance but, is an interesting monster. <laughs> but to your point though, um, or, or the question is, yeah, there's, I actually have another book um, that's already written. That's coming. I'll probably launch it in the fall, but another children's book. Nice. Um, around mindset and how important the brain is and taking care of your brain to be happy. And, uh, and I actually just met up with my illustrator last week. So I'm excited to like have some momentum on these children's books. I'm going to do some other type of writing, but I, I really enjoy writing the children's books for some reason. I don't know. Well, no, I mean, you got to follow your excitement. And I imagine that that blockage that you had for so many years with it was because of how infinitely powerful it can be for your future you know like the 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 more you resist something generally the more the more impactful it can be so i hope to see that continue to like grow for you and turn into something where you have 10 20 30 of them in the future you know well i'm curious like like for you did um was there a moment that you remember because obviously you it seemed like no no i'm gonna this is hilarious. And the bio, I have to read this out because I was like, all right, I got, there's got to be a story here. After waking up face down, pants down in his garage during a <laughs> rock bottom breakdown, he started adopting the strategies of 100 plus creative entrepreneurs that he interviewed around the world and, and with the help of a few magical strangers. What, what is the story behind that? Like, was there some breakthrough point of like, wait, something's not right in my life. I got to make a shift. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man, I, I remember that moment so vividly because it was like the the veil between a past life and like a transformation into actually becoming creative or becoming myself. And I think anytime you are working a job that you don't really like to make money that you think you need to buy things that you definitely don't need to impress people that you really don't even like also and you're addicted to a bunch of things to sort of numb the reality that you're doing these this in the first place you're kind of ripe for a sledgehammer to the face from the universe and that can show up in a lot of different ways but for me it showed up in a series of very harsh blackout moments that were all kind of tied into many many years of pretty extreme alcoholism which I didn't Mm -hmm. even know that I was within when it was happening but I now I know that if you're drinking a fifth of liquor per day, then you're definitely, (laughs) definitely an alcoholic. Um, But I woke up in that instance, I woke up face down in my garage, my pants were, (laughs) were down. Um, I had my face, I remember it being like cocked up on this wooden step that went into the doorway into my house inside of my garage. And I I had to like take a double take because I at first couldn't really feel like where I was. I was like, wait, where am I? This is so weird. It's like waking up out of a dream. And there was a bottle of, of whiskey sitting there and, uh, it was almost gone. And I remember smelling like gas fumes. I can't even believe my senses were working with whatever had happened over the past 24 hours. All I know is I started out at some Catholic church for an Oktoberfest mm-hmm. and, or not even an Oktoberfest. It was like a mid-year theme. Cause this was in like February, I believe. Um, And uh, I woke up here and my car was running in the front yard, like 
it was it was parked in the middle of my front yard in a residential neighborhood and it was running and so like it had been there for i don't know what time i pulled it into the front yard why did i park it in the middle of the front yard when there's a driveway that was blackout there's no telling yeah um and i remember at that point i started having these flashbacks of like i'm probably i'm probably gonna die if i continue down this path and i couldn't think of anything that i wanted to like hold on to that like made me happy because i was working in a job that you know quote unquote you're supposed to get to make you successful long term or whatever and i had a house with all these things and nothing was making me happy and i was learning that you know money actually isn't something that can can fix holes that are inside of yourself internally money only really makes you more of who you are mm-hmm. and if you're if you're a philanthropist or you're out helping people and you're doing good in the world then money allows you to do that on a larger scale but if you're like you know an asshole who's railing blow off the back of a toilet in a a bar or whatever then you can only do that in nicer bars with nicer drugs or whatever yeah. and uh it was a it was a harsh reality i started getting flashbacks to this dude who i met on a plane in 2019 or 2009 um he was being extradited from rwanda where he had been in prison for like four months <laughs> for for fighting for gender equality and and he was the first person he got on the plane he like you know i could smell him from 10 rows before he even got to the seat and i was like please do not sit next to me because i was just a judgmental prick back then i was like not a i hadn't discovered the empathy inside myself and um he sat down next to me and basically started telling me about his his story and it was just insane it was the first person i ever met that was like doing something with their life despite where he grew up and what he was told to do that was completely off the wall it was like meeting an indiana jones and i remember him asking me what i was doing and i was flying down to to houston to interview for like a job it was like right when i got out of college mm-hmm. that was when the economy tanked too and um he was just like do you love it like or do you lo-? and i was like what like no one had ever asked me that like why i was doing something for <laughs> no. a living if i loved it or not never you know yeah. do you love it i was like what like i was kind of offended and but it stuck with me like it really stuck with me and i remembered his face and like Many years later, I ended up finding him and contacting him because the, after the plane ride, he actually shipped me a book that his dad wrote, and it was called No More Mondays. And his dad is actually a giant. He's a, he's a big podcaster and has been very successful mm-hmm. in the uh, self-help industry. His name's Dan Miller, and Dan uh, has a podcast called 40 Days to the Work You Love, I believe is the title, but just like he's an OG in the, in the like self-help media world. And I had no idea, but like Jared was nothing like his dad, but that book planted a seed and it, and it kind of set me on this path of like knowing that I wanted to do something more, but not knowing how to do it. And in that I fell into this great depression, which I got in, you know, using substances or alcohol or whatever. And then I, five years, six years later, I end up in these, you know, events like waking up face down, pants down in the garage. That was the beginning of it. Why did you, do you ever think back? Like why that, is there any reason that day you had the epiphany of like, not, not the, in 2009, the airplane, which obviously there was, there was some thought there, but when you woke up in your garage, the car's running where you're like, this shit's not working. Like, this is ridiculous. Like, cause you could yeah. have done that two days prior or two months prior or two years prior. Any, anything that, yeah was there some things that you were exploring in your life that just happened to catch up? And then it was like, ah, do you remember anything? I like think that? so. I, I went through, it wasn't long before that I went through a pretty bad breakup with a girl I'd been with for like six or seven years. Um, and I think it was just a, a, a 
continuous buildup. It's, it's like a volcano, you know, and eventually you're going to explode. And I, the reason that it impacted me the most is because I had never, that was the worst situation of me waking up. I, I had woken up in abandoned apartments before with no furniture and no idea how I got to the complex, but like, I wasn't missing anything. Um, I'd woken up outside places for sure. And other people's places and not remembered anything. And there, it was just that one in particular was like, I don't know how to explain it other than there was something different. Like it was like, Hey, if you don't change the way that this is going, you're not going to be here anymore. And it didn't, it wasn't like I started making transition right then. That was like the, the turning point of me starting to look at, the possibility of being a better person, but Mm -hmm. it really wasn't until a few years later when I had another really bad breakdown that I, that I started to make a transition in 2014. Mm -hmm. That one in was 2011, actually the uh, face down one Mm -hmm. of the garage. So um, the guy across the street had just gotten out of jail for 20 years. And I just remember, I don't know, maybe it was all these little events, but like I woke up and that dude was yelling at me, telling me about how crazy I was. And I was just thinking like, wait, what? Like how yeah. am I, you know, this is, this is mind boggling to me, but um, yeah, we all have to have the, I, I think it comes easier for some people and way harder for some people, but I'm thankful that it all happened per se, because I wouldn't be where I am. If it didn't. Well, and, it, and I think you make a great point to underscore is it doesn't happen overnight it takes time. You know, yes, you know, the 2011 kind of gave you some thought, but then it took a few years to slowly evolve as a person and, you know, make the change, you know, because sometimes we see the, you know, the, the, the timeline of like these points on a map It's like, oh, that person really, yeah, but all the days and nights and struggles and all that stuff that goes, you know, like it takes time. It doesn't happen right away. And is dude, especially when you don't know anyone and you're not surrounded by people who like, are doing or living the type of life that you dream of living. It's like, how do you even start? Where do you go? Who do you talk to? You know, it just kind of feels like that's not possible. Well, that's what I was going to ask. How did you, so if you weren't around that, how did you decide, like, how did you say, okay, I want to change, you know, I call it the North star is kind of going after that mission. Like, like how did you change yours? Cause obviously it was in a totally different direction than it is today. Oh, so yeah. So different. I, you know, I was working in a, a, a concrete, factory when it all started $13 an hour making receptacles that carried human feces underground. And I'm a very big advocate of like being grateful for whatever job that you have, because it is something that, that feeds your ability to stay alive. Um, and really, I don't think you can work through it until you're okay with what you're doing and you can go internally and, and feel that you're, you're okay. Like, this is okay. I'm going to, I'm going to bring ceremony to everything, whether it's cleaning my toilet or trying to find a better job, I can bring ceremony to it and be good with it. But it started because the next time I had a really bad moment um, in the, just the worst, it was the last one I ever had. Uh, I, I was laying in this oversized jacuzzi tub that I had in my bedroom in my, in my basement that I would pull myself into when I was really miserable. It's the most ridiculous thing to think about now being like, an extremely minimal person who lives out of their van, you know, um, I, it was the first time I discovered that the podcasting app was on, they, they forced it onto your phone back then. It was, and I opened it and it was the first time I ever heard a podcast and I was listening to, um, these years get a little blurry. I don't know if it's 13 or 14, but I was listening to this woman talk. Her name is Amber Vilhauer. 
And there was something that just resonated. Like there's something in her voice that called to me, like her story was very similar to what I was going through, like the front end of her story. And I think so many of us have this, like everyone has these dark moments in life that you have to navigate through. And I just pray that we all get the support we need to be able to do it, but you have to be open to receive that support, to be able to get it in the first place. And so many of us are walking around looking at our phones and you have no idea your support might've just walked by you. You know, you might've just locked eyes with them and had a conversation that changed your life, but you, you didn't because you're watching TV or looking at your phone. Um, this, this woman, like she was talking about her, her transformation. I just, I reached out to her. It was the first time being an extremely introverted, shy person my entire life. It was the first time I'd ever reached out and asked for help. And I sent her a Facebook message. And she replied. And that was the craziest thing because I didn't think I was worthy of anything, right? I, I didn't feel like I was worthy of like creating anything. Nobody wanted to see anything that I had to create or, or whatever. It was just imposter syndrome on every level. And she replied and she asked me if she could call me. I'm like, she didn't have to do that. And I almost resisted it. I almost like just bailed, you know, like, oh yeah, but no, it's cool. You don't need to call me or whatever. But she, something was like, the first time I was just started listening to the universe, like, actually, I'm going to let her call me. And she called me and she started teaching me a couple of things. And she was like, Hey man, like it, 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 what, this isn't exactly what she said, but this is the lesson that it's sort of evolved to in my life. It's like life isn't about what happens to you. And it's, it's not about the beauty that happens to you. It's not about the bullshit that happens to you. Life is really about how you choose to react when it happens. And mm -hmm. so it, you can either, have the resistance gremlins and the fear gremlins and the procrastination gremlins come in and basically cripple you or have like a disco party in your brain until you make sure you're staying on a couch, watching television, you know, eating buckets of fried chicken with your hands down your pants or whatever, like celebrating Netflix binge sessions and never actually go out and create and, and do anything and take action or, you know, just get started. Um, or you can use it as motivation and fuel to move towards your visions and your goals and your dreams. And she was like, it all starts with your morning and you have to be, you have to be willing. You have to be willing to take action. One of the hardest things in the world is looking at loved ones or friends and, and knowing that you want to help them the most. And also knowing that you've tried and they have to make the decision themselves. Mm -hmm. She was the first person to break through to me that like I was in my own way. And she hooked, she connected me with Hal Elrod, who is, if you haven't heard, he's pretty big now. He's the author of the Miracle Morning series. They ended up making movies and stuff too. Okay. Um, the Miracle Morning is basically a, a five minute routine you can do every morning that will change your life because it changed my life. And it's very simple. It just includes like a minute of journaling, a minute of meditation, a minute of moving your body, um, a minute of reading and I think there's one other thing in there affirmations I believe and it was the first time I started to do something like that and which was my initiation into meditation and and journaling and all the things that I just listed are actually powerful core tools for anybody that wants to use them in their own creative way to be able to work towards a vision and make real change in life and then she also introduced me to another guy named Paul Kemp who was a podcaster and he was like, you know, you kind of have like a natural podcasting voice. You should start a podcast. And, and I was like, no, that could never you know, happen. But I started working with this amazing woman who not the one that had called me, but another one that I met 
and she was like, look, if you want to, if you want to make changes or you want to trap, my dream was to, to work for myself and to be able to do that while traveling the world, then how are you going to figure out how to do that? And I was like, I have no idea. Like, I guess I just won't, you know, <laughs> she's like, no, you have to find the people that are doing it and ask them. And that's, that's what you can do. If you want to, you know, if you want to start a podcast, you should do it that way. And so that's what I did. It was just all because I reached out to one person and she called me back. It led to all of those things. It led to me creating a morning routine. It led to me believing in myself. And it led to me actually for the first time reaching out and meeting strange people in strange places and talking about strange things that would open up my doors of perception, like, you know, way beyond anything that I had ever imagined was possible. And it's just been a wild, wild ride since. What was the message that you sent to her? That, that made her I, want to respond back. Do you remember? I, I actually have a screenshot of it. I don't remember exactly, but I do have a screenshot of it because I think I put it on like this extensive about section. I, I could look it up right yeah, now. No. It might take a little time, but it was something along the lines of like, I really enjoyed what I heard or, or something. And then she replied and then I replied again. And it was just like, it wasn't long before she was asking me if she could call me. Um, now, yeah. when you were uh, when you were kind of going through starting the podcast and getting that rolling, were you still doing the concrete construction stuff and and still oh, at yeah. your full time job? So you're kind of side yeah. hustling it. Oh, dude, yeah, it, it was. It's amazing now because I like today I can only get like three or four solid straight creative hours in of work, and then I'm like burnt out, yeah. which is okay because I have a team and I have a couple businesses and like I'm doing the stuff I love for a living. And I feel like I can make that, that sacrifice, but uh, I was working full. T- I was working, I was actually driving eight to 10 hours a day at that point. Um, I got a, a, a little bit better of a job in the concrete industry that allowed me to, I was in like outside sales, but also like doing chemical um, basically mixed designs for concrete mixes and stuff like in- engineering stuff. But uh, I was driving like eight to 10 hours a day. So in that driving time, I was able to listen to a lot of podcasts and like absorb information and audiobooks. And then as I was starting my podcast back then, it was a whole, it was a different show. It was called the, the artsy now show back then. Um, but it actually got rather like successful and I really enjoyed it. And I met all these amazing people. Second person I had on was like a Hollywood director and he changed a lot for me as well. But, um, I was doing them at like three or four in the morning. I was booking people on that were like in other parts of the world early my time. Mm -hmm. And then I would come home and I would do the ones that were like kind of stateside at night after I got off work. And it didn't feel because I knew I was working for towards like an extreme dream. I honestly don't remember feeling burnt out. I remember like being so passionate about it that like it was crazy. Um, it was just like, I was, you talk about it sometimes like getting in the zone, you know, like when you get there, you're in it. And I don't know, I get in it when I write a few times now, but like I was in the zone then I was like, this is, there's no going back from this. I have to figure this out. And, um, I worked through to 2015 and essentially had met enough people and try, I tried to start a couple of different businesses that didn't work. And then eventually I got one that actually started making some money and it was in the realm of like reselling sports and outdoor gear. I was really into like doing outdoor stuff. So I thought that was kind of relevant. Um, not reselling used stuff, but like making deals with wholesalers and buying, you know, like liquidated goods and then reselling them online. And, um, 
I, I got to like, you know, I started, I made my first sale and then I was getting like a couple hundred dollars every week. And then it was like a couple thousand dollars every week. And then it went like up from there pretty drastically and, and rather quickly. And although a lot of that wasn't like profit, it showed me that I was capable of like making enough to maybe potentially quit my job. Um, and I gave a notice at my work that was like six months before I left, like just to do it the right way. I was like, I'm my boss had been training me to take over for him. Like as he retired, it was just a whole scary, ang anxious ridden thing, a very scary thing. And my parents and everyone else like, you're crazy. You can't leave that job. Um, of course, people that do that are just doing it because they, they care about you from their own perspective. And that's the only way they know how to, to care. It's like to tell you that that's their way of protecting. And mm -hmm. after you do it and you take a leap and you start, to, they start to see things working out for you. They actually will come back up and be very supportive of you usually. And if they don't, they weren't meant to be in your life anyway. Um, but yeah, 2016, after writing a, a, the date, June 22nd, 2016 down every day on a note card for over a year, I was out of my job. I sold my house. I sold everything that I owned, got into my Nissan Xterra and went across the country um, to the Pacific Northwest, which I always dreamed of living in. And I just started over. I started everything from my own gut. And yeah, it's, it was pretty surreal for, wow. for sure. That's quite, a, uh, that's quite a change from being on the uh, garage floor. Dude, you know. <laughs> things can happen so quick. Like, yeah. it, it, it seems like my the last five, six years of my life have been my entire life because when you actually live doing things that you love and with intent, the saying is, like, if time flies when you're having fun, but I honestly think time really slows down when you're, when you're having fun and you're being intentful because I don't remember any of those previous years. I don't remember anything that was, that was re remarkable enough to remember, you know, because it wasn't, but all the last like five or six years and all the things that I've experienced and done, it's been, it's yeah. been quite amazing. Let me ask this. And I don't, I don't know if this is a, if I'm thinking correctly or not, but I, I don't want to um, pass over the fact you even talked about alcoholism and you talked about, you know, and a lot of folks have addiction to different things, but mm -hmm. was the podcast, was this kind of new dream and vision, this kind of new inception of mine, did that take the place of the alcohol? Cause the alcohol seemed like it was just soothing over unhappiness. But once you found that, did, did that ultimately change the, be the catalyst for change or was it something else? Do you think? No, it was definitely that it was replacing the time that you have to sit and think about how miserable you are. That's when you tend to turn to some sort of drugs, but you can replace that, you you know, with like physical activity with like, there's so many different ways. I actually did a pretty intense study and in like um, die, deep dive into all these different ways that you can get high without using drugs. Um, and I've tried like, I just love trying different things, but drugs don't contain the experience that they trigger, like the high that you experience comes directly through you internally. And the drug simply helps you release that experience. So uh, we often believe that like chemicals and compounds and drugs create our highs, but these drugs only activate the human nervous system to respond in a particular way, which is what actually causes the high. That means that you are the high and you can get there by a lot of other mechanisms, whether it be breath work, whether it be going to get acupuncture or running marathons or just doing sprints, you know, like mm -hmm. ice plunges, like cold plunges is one of the greatest ways in my life that I keep myself um, really on a high and like to never stop peaking per se. 
but replacing in that moment, like learning that new skill set of like having real deep conversations with people that fascinated me beyond belief. It fulfilled me so much more than any type of drug or alcohol that like, what would be the point of going back? There just wasn't, it would, it would have been just like, I don't think I would have been able to do it if I wanted to, because I was so fascinating. I mean, there was, there was always resistance trying to pull you back in. Like, come on, come back on. You can just have one drink with your friends tonight or whatever. But I, I have a very addictive personality and I honestly had to remove all of my friends um, out of my life. And I had to remove all these people that had always been so close to me because they were not, they were pulling me away from what my prime focus was. And I knew that once I got through a certain point of strength, I could go back then and kind of re approach relationships with them for whatever they would be at that point. And I wouldn't be prone to like breaking back down into it. Um, that's yeah, it's, it definitely replaced it. That's a cool question though. Cause I'd never thought about it that way. Like it, it did for sure. Yeah. Cause it's so interesting because that's, you know, there's only so much time in the day. There's only so many things you can do. So at some point, the you know, and in your situation, which works is sometimes it works opposite, unfortunately, right. For some folks, sometimes yeah. it works oh, yeah. opposite. Yeah. Right. So the fact is that you yeah. made the switch and said, Hey, I'm going to, well, it's just like, I, you know, I talk a lot about is, you know, I, like with the whole, just get started mission. Like, my whole goal is for people to be happy and fulfilled. If that's sitting and binging Netflix and, and taking in documentaries, go, go at it as long as you're happy. But what I, as long as you're being true with yourself. Right. And what I find though, is most people are, they're maybe hiding from something or, or Mm. are, are fearful of moving forward. But what's interesting is when you do start creating to your point, whatever that is, that could be writing, that could be gardening, that could be, it doesn't matter. You start replacing that with other things that you spent time with. So in, in the same light that you did with, um, with alcohol, um, I actually want to go on a slight tangent. We're going to go off the, the rails for a minute and then we'll come nice. back. You mentioned about, well, you said cold plunges and it's so interesting. I just, I just finished reading, um, two meals a day by Mark Sisson and, um, you know, and I'm big into health and nutrition and fitness and all that. And he talks about there, one of the things, and maybe you go deeper into the, the, uh, the psychology, I guess, or well as the, the benefits of the cold plunges. So I just started within the last week. Um, my the last 30 seconds of every shower is I turn it to f- the coldest it can be. Yeah. And it's friggin Oh, my gosh, it's so challenging. But it but it's interesting, because I think back, I, um, I had Joel Runyon on the podcast um, many years ago. And I remember he did a keynote. Uh, uh, talk at the company I was at. And that's kind of how I met him. And he mentions that about like doing the cold, like like taking a cold showers. And I remember trying it a few times back then. And then I stopped. So it's interesting to revisit it. Now I'm in a different mindset. I'm like, this is actually, this feels good. So anyways, go, can you go deeper to cold plunges, how you do it? Why is that important? What's the, what the value there for you or for others? Dude, that's that's cool to hear you're doing that the when i originally started doing it i was doing that shower method as well where and when this is something one of wim hoff's challenges too is just you you take a normal shower and then you do some deep breathing for about a minute you don't want to like get yourself so lightheaded that you're going to pass out and hit your head in the shower or anything so don't do anything crazy like that but uh, you could sit down if it if it helps but doing like the just the normal Wim Hof breath, which is like an in through the nose, out through the mouth, like, (sighs) 
and you want to do that for you know 45 seconds or something and then release that breath and hold it and as soon as you get done holding that breath, I mean, it could, you might hold it for a minute. You might hold it for like, just make sure you don't pass out. Uh, yeah. Turn your water down to freezing cold. And it is unbelievable. Like try to resume breathing normally at that point, it will rock your world. But the benefit of getting the oxygen in your body before you do it is it actually boosts your immune response uh, even more so than the, the cold water. So when cold water actually f- shocks your system, it creates a, an, um, it triggers your immune response. And I don't know that I'm not a, a in-depth doctor. I've read a lot of things about it and I've learned from some really magical people who know a lot about it, but um, it makes you stronger from a, a health perspective. It boosts your immune system. It makes your mind stronger. It helps you cope with harsh situations a lot better Uh, I have done a lot of different types of cold water therapy. The worst one I think I've ever experienced was I was in Denver and it was about 38 degrees outside. And my friend, uh, Justin, he runs something called the ice church. And Justin actually trained with Wim Hof in person and became like a certified uh, coach. And he's incredible at what he does, but every Sunday he gets his tubs out and he gets all this ice and he fills them up and he does this even in the winter. And so I just happened to be there when it was really cold and you do breath work for like 45 minutes as a group. And like, when you have a collective amount of people with you, like it can get crazy. You know, if you go really deep with breath work, it can take you to some of the most psychedelic places on our, like more psychedelic than any drug I've ever consumed. And I've had some insane breakthroughs doing, doing breathworks in certain areas of the world with groups of people uh, health-wise. Like I've actually completely reversed lifelong health issues that I've had in one breathwork set- session. But um, we do breathwork and we get our bodies all like juiced up and ready. Then he basically, I wasn't ready for it, but he's like, okay, now everyone take your clothes off or strip down into your underwear or whatever. We're going outside. Well, there's only one, he only had one tub and there were like 30 people and it's 30 something degrees and each person goes down for two minutes, right? So if you're not the first one, or if you are the first one, you go in, but then you have to wait till everyone else goes before you can go back in and get your clothes too. So like, there's really no great option. It's like, you're either waiting and freezing your ass off and thinking about how cold you're going to be when you get in the tank or, or not. And I went somewhere in the middle but I remember like I, I, he was in my face with like his like stopwatch and he, he did an incredible job of like keeping me there because it can be a very, you can put your system in a shock. You need to make sure if you're doing it in that extreme of an environment that you're with somebody who knows what they're doing. Um, and uh, I remember getting out and my whole dude, my whole body, like I'm pale already. Like I'm definitely just like some pasty, like giraffe looking thing, but uh, you can see my veins in some parts of my body because I'm pale, but like they were bright purple, mm-hmm. like bright, dark purple, blue in my whole body. You could see them. And it was the, and nobody else had this problem. It was just my body. And I was like, Oh my God. Oh, and I was with my friend Olivia and she was like, that is so crazy. And I like went over, I'm like, is this normal? He's like, yeah, you're going to be cool, man. Just go over there. And like he, he told us these like movements that we could use where you're basically swaying back and forth and breathing and it generates heat in your body. And I started doing it and just started bringing the heat back. And despite it, me being soaking wet and having done that cold plunge and despite it being 35 degrees, and now I'm standing outside in my underwear, soaking wet with no towel. Um, 
I was able to raise that heat back up in my body and, and turn that into like a couple days of just like surging energy and high, 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 like levels of, of, you know, anxiety relief, zero stress, happiness. Like it was incredible. So there's always the, the beautiful diving into a glacier lake when I'm out backpacking and things like that, that I love to do. There's just so many ways you can do it, but everyone has access. If you, if you have access to a shower or something um, to be able to do the cold water shower technique, which is going to in the weirdest way possible, if you can train your body to be okay with doing that, it's going to also help you do something like put your tennis shoes on to go on a run, you know, or wake up 30 minutes earlier so you can get more meditation in. They're all tied together. It's all about building this, this kind of habit muscle um, or happiness habit system uh, all by just doing, just getting started and doing it over and over again and training yourself. I want to talk a little about the business kind of side, the, especially the last couple of years. Cause, and you sent me, I appreciate these, the sweet ass affirmations, dude, these things are really cool. I, uh, I'll read one yeah. or two here. You know, like I, <laughs> I, I took, obviously they're all cool, but I, uh, I took a few out here. Like I'm an ax wielding warrior and I slay all things. And then you have in the back here, <laughs> you're the blood of savages, warriors, knights, and raging maniacs that refuse to quit. For millions of years, your ancestors were hardcore fighters and survivors and had any of them dropped dead before successfully reproducing, you wouldn't be here today. You're a golden goose with genes so powerful you can survive natural disasters, droughts, plagues, and wars. Armor up and swing your battle axe at any force that steps in the way of your creations. So there's a lot of different ones like this. Dude, I love these things. Um, yeah, they're fun. How did you come up with an idea to do something like this? What's the, what's uh, the genesis of that? <laughs> I started... So when I was podcasting, I actually ended up like, tr as I was trying to figure out what are, what are these habits, what are these systems that all these amazing people that are like creative and traveling the world have in place to keep them productive and to keep them creative. And I mean, obviously, one of the things I discovered was that nobody really has their shit together. We all have these hard things we have to go through. Um, but I was able to take all of the stuff that I thought was helping us with these hard things and put it into a journaling system. And I I put a journaling system out and that was the first publication. It was, it was just to help people basically create an AM and PM uh, habit structure to, to become a better version of themselves. Like, like me, like what I went through, I, I basically took all the stuff that helped me and then I put it into a journaling system. And that actually, as much as I thought that it was just going to flop, it actually ended up doing pretty well. And I had all these people that were reaching out and it was the beginning of like sort of my dream of becoming a writer because although there was only maybe 70 pages of actual writing and then the rest of it was 100 days of journaling for people, uh, I, I saw that me being able to write like I talk and use my brain as it is, it does resonate with certain people. And mm -hmm. a lot of us think that our voices aren't important, but really you need to be sharing as much as possible because you never know that one person that heard the same message from somebody else they didn't resonate with, if you come, it comes out of your mouth, they might resonate with it because they're on the same level as you or they understand your tone of like creativity a little bit better. Um, so I, I started thinking like, cause affirmations is a part of that journaling system. And I was like trying to explain a lot of those systems to people that were in Kentucky and Tennessee and like people that really didn't understand the power of using these visualization techniques or what a lot of people call woo, you know, how magical they really can be, how magical and real universal synchronicity really is if you can work on ways to open your awareness and pay attention to them. And 
so I was like, well, I want to take affirmations and teach them to people that, that normally would think that they're just bullshit. How do I do it in the right language that'll actually get through to them? And males are way more likely to look at affirmations and be like, oh, that's, that's, you know, that doesn't work. That's garbage or whatever. Um, so I, I started writing these affirmation cards based on the deck that you were just sharing. Every one of those cards was actually attached to some sort of like experience I had at some point uh, over a couple of years. I had been writing down little things that I had learned and I was like, I'm going to take these and like turn them into affirmations. And the gist is the front of the card is an affirmation. The back of the card is sort of a burst of uh, it's sort of an oracle or a burst of motivation that it is in alignment with the affirmation. And um, I use language like you were just talking about, and it sort of opens people up to being able to be like, Oh, like that actually is a deep thought, but it was a funny way. It wasn't like too out there woo of a way, although some of the cards do get a little bit woo. Um, but they've been very effective. And a lot of women have come and like, contacted me and talked about how it's the first like Oracle or deck that they've ever got that their husbands will actually use with them. And that's been cool. But uh, the original idea came in a, in a meditation, man, I was like, I actually never thought that I would make an affirmation deck, but I kept whatever it is that comes through your, when you meditate your muse, you can call it God, you can call it source, you can call it, you know, Ryan Gosling, whatever, whatever you choose uh, comes through and is like, you have to make an affirmation deck. And I was like, what? And I kept thinking about it. So then I started like buying other types of affirmation decks and looking at them and being like, okay, well, how do I make my own version? That's kind of like what I'm going through and maybe that'll help other people. And that's really how it started. I just put it on Kickstarter um, and it did pretty well. You know, it raised like nine, $9,500 and I was able to print uh, like a thousand decks with that. And then it just took off. It just took off on like Amazon. It started to take off and, um, and I never did any like real marketing. It was all word of mouth. So I saw something with that. I was like, man, if people are sharing these that much to where they're continuing to sell, then, uh, I should probably do more of this type of writing and, and I really enjoy it too. So that's mm. kind of what I've been focusing on the last couple of years. Um, I've had other things happen. Like I, I built that e-commerce business out and then I lost everything. And then I had to contemplate bankruptcy for a little bit. And like, so this isn't all easy rubber. Like I went through some really harsh times. I lost my grandfather and two dogs and a fiance all at the same time. The fiance did not pass away like the other ones, but uh, she, she walked away like a month before the wedding uh, without any communication. So like, I was just in these like really hard spots and was able to birth, you know, I think in those hard spots, you birth these creative things that can change, that can change you, that can help other people. And in a world where there's just so many things that knock us off of our focus in just a couple seconds, like texts and, you know, television and billboards and politics and whatever, uh, we need more things that help remind us of our magic. And so I think I want to continue to like make little things like that, that you can digest really quickly, but, but also, you know, help people remember that you can and you should, and you will, if you put your mind to it. Yeah. Well, when obviously some of those different events happened, how did you strike? Like, I mean, how do you get through that with, was it going back to meditation? Was it doing other things? Like how did, how did you kind of focus to make sure you didn't fall back into your old habits? Dude, I did diddle. I did diddle in the shadow side a little bit. The the biggest gateway I think was um, I ended up in Mexico doing ayahuasca, 
and it was something that I had actually studied for years. And I'm never, I'm not the type of person that like wants to promote to people to go do anything that's psychedelic or whatever. Like I, I think that if you are meant to do it, it'll call you in its own way and you'll know it and you'll end up doing that. But um, I had some just massive, unbelievable breakthroughs of like just releasing of childhood traumas and stuff in that, that allowed me to actually stay relatively um, resilient because everyone, my parents, like her parents, like my, my ex fiance's parent, like I was so close to everyone and everyone was like, coming down on her like it was her fault and I remember just being in that like you know what like leave her alone she's she's an adult she's I just wanted to support her because that's all I want to do I just want to support people right and they feel just this strongly about something then they have the right to feel that way and um, I remember just because of these things that I had put into place like meditation and, and morning routines and becoming more in relationship with the earth was probably the biggest one earthing myself, being outside, like legitimately hugging trees and doing cold plunges and, in, in, in bodies of water. And like, hence why I live in a van, you know, <laughs> um, because I went through that dark side in 2011 through 14, I know what it was like on both sides. I knew I was capable of breaking through. So this roadblock to me was just like, oh, this is like, this is resistance and fear coming hard. This is like their last war. This is like, they want, this is the last test. Like I could fold and just disappear and go back into my old mundane life and think about how great things could have been, or I can keep pushing. And, and I just kept trusting and surrendering and letting go. And I stopped trying to figure things out. And I think by doing that, it actually released all of these expectations that I had that then allowed me to find like true happiness internally. Um, realizing that even if I have nothing, I'm very happy with what I've done so far. And I have all of this support around me and I've been able to help a lot of people. And that's a true form of abundance to me. It's not financial. Um, and of course I love, I love money. And I think money is something that nobody should like curse or push away because it might actually go away from you. Um, but it's not the end all be all like you, you can be so happy if you just learn how to be completely okay in any situation, sitting by yourself in the dark with a candle, you know? Mm. How did you get the Sprinter van? When did when did that idea to decide? That's that's a big thing. I actually had Adam and Catherine on yeah. A and K plus A, uh, A and K plus eight. I'm thinking a light thing. <laughs> Adventures of A plus K. And uh, yeah, they were awesome. But they were talking about the Sprinter van stuff and how they go around all these national parks. What What's your kind of, do you just kind of stay in one area and travel here and there? Do you go all over the place? What's, what's kind of your, your yeah. jam? I had... So I was in Portland, Oregon the last like five years really as a base, but I was traveling around the world and I, I work, I love Africa and I, I was, you know, I climbed Kilimanjaro in the end of 2019 and then things got kind of weird in the world mm. when I got back and I had a, a van on my vision board since 2016 and I would look at it every day and I would speak it out loud. Like I, you know, I work from and live inside this vessel that allows me to create, you know, projects and products that help others discover their unconditional love and truth. Like that's an affirmation that I use every day. And by doing something like that, you're sort of affirming to your mind that this is true and it's present. And then therefore, when you're not thinking about it, you sort of make decisions to move towards taking action that will bring that to life. And I think the pounding that into my head over and over for so many years and then getting to a situation where I couldn't afford it. And I was like, and I was like losing all my money. And I was, and I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do. 
um, being able to just like trust and surrender and let go of that. I actually ended up at the be at the end of last year, August, just like, I don't really know how it happened. It's kind of psychedelic, but like one day I meditated and I was talking to my friend in the ceremony. I went to this like incredible, like Mayan Oracle medicine ceremony in uh, Mount Shasta where like I learned how to do like legit Mayan fire ceremonies. And we slept in these teepees and I was like going through some, some other types of like medicine support with, and I've fallen in love with the culture and, and those people. And they've really become like, the spiritual side of myself, the things that I'm trying to learn to live with nature. And they do everything based on a, the Mayan calendar. And the Mayan calendar is really interesting because every single day is a different energy theme. So like maybe today would be that you're supposed to spend all day gardening and tomorrow you're supposed to spend all day celebrating your ancestors. Like there's a very specific flow to the way that they do things. And it all has to do with the synchronicity of how you live within earth. And I was like, how do I spend more time outside? You know, like I don't want to be trapped in my apartment in Portland with these wildfires everywhere. And like all the things locked down because of the pandemic or whatever. And I just started like meditating, looking at that van being like, this is the ticket. And before I know it, I just found this like unbelievable deal that was way cheaper than anything I had been looking for in the past. And I think it was because I was finally ready, you know, and the universe placed it in front of me. But I got this shell van and then I spent all last winter building it out, which I also had no idea how to do. I'm probably the least handy person that I know. Like I just never I, I was like on computers when I was a kid. I wasn't like using hammers or whatever. Um, and it is incredible how well it came together and and I just was able to move into it about a month ago and I'm just now starting life in it, but I'm, I, I'll, I'll be going everywhere, man. Like um, I want to go back to the Northwest, but I love climbing the Cascade mountains up there. I love just every type of outdoor adventure. And I've got this amazing pup. That's sort of my sidekick and my life companion. And she, yeah, she kayaks, she paddleboards, she plays basketball, like she mountain climbs. Like it's just, it's, it's great. So, um, I think my plan is to really, I can, I can kind of explain this really quickly as to why I think it's so important to stay outside. If we have time, it'll only take, no, go ahead. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, okay, cool. So there's something called earthing that has been probably the most beneficial thing to my mental health and keeping me like just understanding that everything's going to be okay. And the simplest form of that is going outside and laying on your back and looking at the stars, which a lot of people can't do if you're in a city because it's too hazy. And it's amazing how like disease rates and things kind of build in cities a lot more than rural areas because you don't have that connection with earth. But as I started really going down the rabbit hole of, of, of spending more time with earth, I realized like when you walk barefoot on the earth, you absorb a, a supercharge of electrons from the earth's electrical current through basically the, the fascia on your feet. You can do this with any part of your body, but these electrons essentially act as antioxidants and they neutralize the excess positively charged free radicals in the body. Um, free radicals are the things that move around your body and, and sort of cause inflammation because if they're not neutralized, they steal electrons from other atoms in your body and they create this ongoing damage across your cell structure. And that is what turns into like disease essentially. So antioxidants are what they're, they're the, the powerful, like little superheroes that can actually lend electrons to free radicals without becoming unstable in their structure themselves. And this neutralizes the problem. 
Um, so our bodies pick up all of this current from these electromagnetic frequencies that are constantly around us, like Wi-Fi networks, right? And, and you're just holding your phone. And if you hold your phone and you, and you test your voltage with a multimeter or you touch your computer with a multimeter, you'll see the voltages that are actually going through your body. Electromagnetic frequencies are what cause these free radicals to exist in a chronic way. If you just go stand outside for 10 minutes with your shoes off a day, you can absorb so many electrons through the bottom of your feet that when you go to sleep that night and your body goes into its repair form, because when you sleep, that's when it's really the best time like to be connected to the earth. Um, you can store up some electrons and use them when you're sleeping anyways. But uh, that's when your body's like, okay, what's all wrong? Let's repair it while they're sleeping. And the reason that you're sleeping is because the energy has to go to the, re the repair, right? It can't. It can't go to you being awake and active. Um, so there's a mass amount of benefits that results from this. And I've just understood in, in being the person who's like now spending time outside, sitting around a fire, looking people in the eyes and saying like, I love you. Like, this is amazing. And this glass of water I'm drinking is like, wow, how grateful are we to be able to drink this? And like, we all should be crystallizing what we want our worlds to be. And um, it just... I started to notice much less inflammation in my body. I, the detoxification process of my body actually goes much quicker. You get improved blood flow and oxygenation. You get a much more boosted immune system. And of course, anxiety and stress reduces uh, anti-aging type of principles. Like you're going to live a little bit longer. It's very simple to think about though, dude, like our ancestors really were living from the earth, right? It wasn't until like the sixties or seven or whenever they invented the rubber sole shoe. I don't know when, but that was the first time that we were like, okay, we're not going to be connected to the earth when we're walking outside. And then we're going to build structures that keep you off of the earth. When you're inside, mm -hmm. if you get a grounding mat, and this is a solution for anyone who can't go outside and live in your van. Cause I know that's very unfeasible for a lot of people. Yeah. Unless you put it in your vision board and really work towards it, you can get there, but they do make these, there's a, the original company that started making the the mats is you just go to earthing.com. They have a free documentary too, that explains all this probably much better than what I just did. Mm -hmm. um, but I sleep on one of these, even in my van, I have a grounding rod that goes and I stick it in the ground outside when I'm sleeping in my van so that I'm still getting that current. You, they make these, these pads that you can put under your computer, but I just recommend to get the one you sleep on. Cause it's the most effective cause you're sleeping. Um, you just plug it into the ground on your wall and it, and it zeroes you out, zeroes your voltage and you can test it. Like you get a multimeter again and touch your computer and then touch the mat while touching your computer. And you'll see that go to zero. And it's fascinating. You're like, Oh my God, this actually really works. So the, the process of me like manifesting this van and having it come together, it, it, it comes down to the principle that I think most people look at affirmations and say that they don't work because of this. They say, well, I can say this with my affirmation, but it doesn't actually come to life. I can sit and just say, you know, I'm, I have $5,000 per month coming into my bank account, but I've been saying that for a year and it hasn't come into my bank account. It's like, yeah, you have to say it. You have to truly believe that it's possible. And then you also have to take action in alignment with that affirmation. Right. And, I had this van on my vision board for years and I wasn't taking action to bring it in. I didn't feel like it was ready, obviously, but as soon as I was ready, I started taking action in it. And now it's here. And it's like, I'm sitting here like, Whoa, this is still surreal to me. Honestly. It's like, I can't, the other day I was in here and I forgot that I was in my van and someone's like, are you in a van? I was like, Oh yeah. 
dude, I actually am in a van. Like, this is crazy. <laughs> but I think I just want to be closer to nature because it actually helps my mental health more than anything else. And this is what allows me to do it. So whatever it is that makes you the happiest and excites you the most, figure out ways to be around it more and figure out ways to do it. Wow. That's really fascinating. What if you took a, uh, if we took a, a trip back in the DeLorean and uh, in, in Doc Brown's DeLorean and we went back to your younger self, you can go back to 2011, 2009, 2009, you can go back younger. If, is there any insight quote, piece of advice, something that's been so impactful you've learned in the last five, 10, 15, even longer years that you would give to your younger self to help them along on their journey? Yeah, man, so many things. Um, I think the most effective principle, and this just helps in the taking action part is you just get a note card and you write down your dream on one side in the form of an affirmation in the present tense. So whether that's, I have written and sold a hundred copies of a book, that could be one of them. It's something I've used before, right? Or it could be like, I bring in $3,000 per month to support my projects and dreams. If you really start using these note cards, you put your affirmation on one side, you flip it over and you write the date that you want those affirmations to come true by. And the date obviously can change. It's not a hard deadline, but it's just, a, it's something that you can or can't. I've done it with, without dates, but it has been very effective for me to use the dates because it kind of sets the tone for the next step. Just write two things on that note card that you're going to do that day to move towards that, bringing that to life. It doesn't have to be massive stuff. It doesn't have to be like world changing prod- production, right? It's, it can be one small thing like calling somebody and asking them a question. And those little things are so massive in the long run when they all come together that you will blow your mind with how much stuff you can accomplish and bring to life. It doesn't matter if you have family and lots of kids and multiple jobs. If you do two small things a day towards something that you enjoy, it could just be painting. Like if you love painting, then paint. Don't do it because you have an expectation of wanting to sell paintings to make money to quit your job. Paint because you love painting. And when you can do that, the money follows. And if you can be stern enough with yourself to show up and truly care and want enough to write that note, you know, write it on the note card, carry it with you. Then at the end of the night, look at that note card and sign off on it and be like, okay, I accomplished these. And if you didn't, why didn't you accomplish them and do a little meditation to think about how you can do that the next day, how you can accomplish and work through it. I think that has been the most effective thing that I've put into place. It's, it's a staple. It's the idea that we do become what we think about. And if you're thinking about those two things that are in alignment with your dream every single day, multiple times a day, and you're doing that, you're going to get there much quicker than you think. And it's, it's sort of the principle of just unchunking, right. And top of the mind, like there's really three things that stop people from um, manifesting big visions and dreams. And, it's stemmed from procrastination. These three things are basically having an unclear vision. You don't really know what you want. That's very important. Like you have to figure it out. And a good way to do that is by writing down a massive list of what you don't want. And then, you know, flipping it into what you do. The second one is unchunking the vision. 
just break it down to baby steps, do a massive brain map, like take that big idea and break it down into as many small ideas as you possibly can. And just start doing those small ideas. Um, the third one that would stop you, if anyone's curious, is just if your visions or your dreams are not linked to your actual highest values. So if you're making up dreams and it's not really something that, that truly is something you care about, you're just sort of doing it because you think it would be cool or you think somebody would like you more if you did it. Um, so yeah, unchunk stuff. And the quickest way to unchunk them is to do two things a day in alignment with your vision and to be paying attention to it every day. Hey, this has been, this has been awesome, man. This is a uh, time just evaporates. Um, we went, we went oh, over an hour. We went like an hour here. Um, where can everyone find you online? Where's the best place to connect to say hello? Um, I'm at Heath fist pumps on Instagram. My website's just heatharmstrong.com, which will get you pretty much anywhere. I have, yeah, these affirmation decks are at ragecreate.com. I have a Kickstarter uh, starting in early June for the second deck, which I'm really excited about. Um, and then I, I just, I've been working on this really cool. This is, I'm going to share this cause I, it, it's like, I've been doing these, um, it's called power affirmations for your maniac created mind. It's the audio version of these cards. So if you're a podcast person, mm. I'm doing these like three minute podcast clips of these cards that is going to be available for free on all the platforms. Um, and it's just called 60 second power affirmations. So yeah, you can, I can send you links to all that stuff, but awesome. I'm, I'm anywhere, anywhere awesome. and nowhere. Come find me in the van. <laughs> Thank you so much. Heath. This has been cool, man. Yeah, no, thank you. I, I was excited to talk to you and I'm glad it went. I'm glad it went well. It was a good conversation. Well, I hope you all enjoyed that great interview. And thanks again for stopping by the Just Get Started podcast. Uh, grateful to have you here. And if I could just make one quick ask before you run along on your day, you know, I've grown this podcast organically over the last three plus years. And it's from the great listeners that pick up, you know, a quote or a key learning or just enjoy the entertainment of the podcast and they share it out to their audience. They leave a review on Apple Podcasts, whatever it is. Um, and I'd ask that for you as well. If you've made it to this point and are listening in, um, a lot of the podcast uh, platforms that you listen on have a share button right there where you can share it out to your audience on various platforms. So. I would be so appreciative if you wouldn't mind taking a quick second to do that um, if you really enjoyed this episode. So thanks again. I'm happy to connect online. I always love to meet new people. So if you want to go to my website, brianondraco.com, or connect with me, I'm at brianondraco, basically everywhere on Instagram, Twitter, even Clubhouse, that new app that's out there, uh, you name it. So uh, follow me online and uh, certainly look forward to connecting further. I hope you all have a great day, a phenomenal week, and we'll talk to you soon. Take care.